You are listening to a Cold Lake Community Church podcast. We hope today's message inspires you. Cold Lake Community Church, a place where families connect. Well, this morning we're going to look at... uh, the title of my message is Wisdom, Righteousness, and Power. And uh, I think it's a timely message for this day and this hour in which we live. It's amazing as we were singing today, we were talking about trusting the Lord, all the songs about, you know, like, he is, he's, our, he's our source and all of that. And, um, you know, although we know that, sometimes we don't act like that, do we? And uh, you can get hit pretty hard. First of all, I just want us to just agree together today for uh, Colleen Gullicks and Colleen, faithful tender of this church, her and Tom. And uh, she was struck down with a stroke this week. And uh, she's in the, uh, in the U of A right now, recovering. And uh, she needs our prayers. I was talking to Thomas this, uh, had a, uh, no, I had an email from him this morning, and he said she's doing good. She's uh, uh, smiling and ta- laughing, and she can't talk real well yet. Uh, but he said all of her parts are moving as they should, and so we thank God for that. Amen. So we're looking forward to a, a, a quick recovery for her. So Heavenly Father, we just want to bring Tom and Colleen before you right now. We ask, Lord, and agree together that the healing power of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ will just flow into her body, just as it flowed into the woman that touched the hem of your garment, and she will be ever with whole. We thank you, Lord, that we believe and stand on the promises of your word that are yes and amen to those who believe. And so, Lord, it is with great confidence that we come before you with this matter today in Jesus' name. And we also want to say thank you, Jesus. Amen? Amen. Well, 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 1 to 5 says, And I, brethren, when I came to you, did not come with excellence of speech or of wisdom, declaring to you the testimony of God. For I determined not to know anything among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. I was with you in weakness, in fear, and much trembling. And my speech and my preaching were with, not with persuasive words of human wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and power, that your faith should not be in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Anyone who has any knowledge of the culture of Corinth at the time that this was written could reason that Paul's method of trying to reach uh, the, the people, the unsaved there, wasn't too wise. You would call it foolishness. Paul was an educated man. He could impress them with his knowledge and his wisdom. But this is Paul who taught us so brilliantly on the power and the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Let's not forget that this Paul is a spirit-filled 
spirit-led man of God now. He's quite different than when he was trying to wipe out Christianity. He has had an experience with God that changed him completely. He's about to inform us that the preaching of the cross cannot be effectively delivered by human wisdom and natural talent alone. He had it, but he refused to rely upon that as the sole thing that was going to reach the people of his generation. The Holy Spirit was given to empower us and to preach and witness with positive results. There's no excuse for us not getting positive results in Coal Lake if we depend upon the power and of the Holy Spirit and the truth of his word. Paul said in chapter 1 that he was sent to preach the gospel not with wisdom of words, lest the cross of Christ should be made ineffective. There's a whole lot of difference in delivering a speech and delivering a sermon or delivering a testimony of someone who has been, been touched by the power of God. He said that Christ is the power and wisdom of God. And we have him in our lives. We have the power and wisdom of God if we will use it to see our community one for Jesus Christ. 1 Corinthians 1.18, he says, For the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, or the unbelieving. But to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. First of all, I want to look at the word wisdom. Faith based on the wisdom of men or the wisdom of this world is at its best positive thinking. But faith that is based upon the word of God is the foundation for all that we believe. We do not base our faith upon the quotes of some great author. We don't base our faith upon the videos and the, and the cassettes that we are not cassettes anymore. <laughs> Having a senior's moment there. <laughs> the DVDs, they'll still, be, they'll still be going out too, I guess. But anyway, we don't base our, our faith upon that. We base our faith upon the Word of God. Amen? We don't even base our faith upon the gifts of the Spirit that, that are, are ministered to us from time to time because we realize that man can be wrong. Amen? Amen. And so, the, it's, the, it's the foundation. Wisdom is the foundation for all that we have and believe. Faith is the foundation for all that we have and believe. It is wise to walk in faith and to live in faith. Amen? Our salvation is built upon the foundation for all that we believe, and that's, first of all, our salvation. The Bible says, whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Doesn't matter who you are. 
Doesn't matter what country you came from. Doesn't matter if you're rich or poor. Whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Doesn't matter what someone thinks about you. Doesn't matter how much someone knows about your past. When you come to Jesus Christ, he wipes the slate clean. You're washed in the blood. Amen? Amen. It's also the foundation for our healing. By his stripes we were healed. Isaiah 53 says, and by his stripes we are healed. Isaiah 53 says, and then 1 Peter uh, 2.24 says, by his stripes we were healed. One is looking forward to the cross, the other is looking back at the cross. Whichever way you want to look at it, we have healing in the name of Jesus today. We believe in anointing with oil and, and, and laying hands on the sick, as the Bible says, and praying for them, and they will recover. And you know, sometimes things just get weighed down on you so much that you become fearful of what the future may hold. But you've got to know what the Word of God says. You've got to know that God is in your corner. No matter what the battle is like, no matter if you feel that you're losing, you're still the winner. I believe in being transparent, and, and I, don't, I don't mind letting you know all the things that's going on in my life. You know about the, the recent the heart attack. And they said at that time that my kidneys took a hit. And this week I had some confirmation that I only have 60% now of my kidneys working. But that don't get me down. I have high blood pressure, cholesterol, problems, you know, like you name it. Oh, yes, diabetes. I've been diabetic for just about 30 years now. None of that gets me down. Then I found out that I had some other problems as well. I'm not going to go into that right now, but I got to go in for some tests and um, all that stuff. So uh, we'll see what happens there. But that's still not going to get me down. I refuse to waste any time thinking about these things. My life is in his hands. He didn't bring me back from the brink of death just to just cut me off again. Amen? And even if my time is up, so what? Absent from the body, present with the Lord. This is the way you need to think, folks. Don't spend your time in fear. And when I hear all these results for me, and then I hear the results of someone else. I think of Colleen. You know? And so none of us is immune to any of the things that can happen to mankind. Colleen was in, in, in uh, the, uh, with the, uh, what's the name of uh, Elaine's Bible study? Truth? Truth Project. That's on Wednesday, is it? That's on Wednesdays? Tuesdays? 
And then uh, Wednesday, I think she had, she had the stroke. So, you know, like, you wouldn't do anything. If you start worrying about all these things, what's going to happen to me? You know, and it doesn't matter whether it's your health or your finances. You could be laid off. You may not have know where the next cent is coming from. And we're going through all of that. Our, you know, like when something happens in your family, your children, you, you who are a bit older here, it's just like happening to you. Amen? And our son is looking for work right now. You know, like it's all, all the family on both sides are chipping in together and helping them out during this time. But if it wasn't for that, they probably would lose their home and everything else. Like, you know... So these are things that are happening, and it's happening to everybody. It doesn't matter if you're a, a man of faith or a woman of faith, woman or a man of prayer. You know, you're going to go through these things. We're not immune to these things, but we've got God in our corner. I know I'm not going to get through this message today. But, uh, you know, like, I just write down the notes, and then the Lord fills in the blanks. That's all I can say. You know, for our prosperity as well. The blessings of the Lord makes one rich and adds no sorrow to it. Proverbs 10.22. Now, prosperity is more than money. You could be rotten rich and spiritually poor. There's a lot of people that got more money than they'll ever be able to use in this lifetime. And things in their life, their personal lives are a wreck. And they would give anything to have a marriage like I have. They would give anything to have a loving family like I have. So money doesn't, is not everything. But it sure helps, doesn't it? It's nice to know where the next, next dollar is coming from. And then our intimacy with Christ. It's the foundation for that as well. Draw near to God and he will draw near to you. James 4.8. If you want something from the Lord, if you want a better relationship with him, a closer relationship with him, then you need to draw near to him. As you draw near to him, he will draw near to you. He will respond as you respond to him. And so this is why we encourage you to worship when we come into a worship service because there's nothing like getting close to God as opening up to him when everybody is worshiping together. You don't feel like a, a square peg trying to get into a round hole. Everybody is of the same mind. We've come here to worship God. We've come here to be filled with the Spirit and to enjoy the blessings of the Lord so that we can go out into the, out into the, uh, the, the world, our world, this week and face whatever comes assured that we have God in our corner. He's with us. 
Paul goes on to say that the foolishness of God is wiser than men and the weakness of God is stronger than men. None of us is stronger than God. Amen? And so we just want you to know that if you put your faith and your trust in God, you will experience the perfect peace of God that passes all understanding. And if you're hurting here today, if you're confused here today because you don't know what the future holds, Put your faith in him. Fear is not from God. God's love casts out all fear. So if fear is not from God, where does it come from? It comes from the devil. He's out to get you. He's out to get me to kill, to steal, and to destroy. If he can knock you down and hurt you and say, you'll never get up and make you believe it, maybe you just won't get up. Maybe you'll just throw in the towel and say, I'm finished, I'm defeated, it's over. That's his idea. To sow seeds of fear into your life. There's nothing to fear when you've got God in your corner. This letter is to warn the believers against basing their faith on the wisdom of men instead of the power of God. Our God is an awesome God. This leads a lot of people away from the cross when you begin to believe in, the, in the, the wisdom of man rather than the wisdom of God. Human wisdom uses the mind to achieve and maintain pride and boasting. Faith in Christ for salvation gives no grounds for boasting. Not one of us here bought our salvation. If you came with not a cent in the bank, you came by the blood of Jesus Christ. Faith in Christ for salvation comes from that perfect gift that he gave us, Jesus Christ. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whoever believes in him will not perish, but have everlasting life. We give all of the glory to God for what we are and who we are and what we ever hope to be. Paul says in 2 Corinthians 10, 17, but he who glories, let him glory in the Lord. He is our source. He's our provider. He's our protector. James says, if you lack wisdom, ask God for it, for it. Ask God for it, and he will give you all you need. Ask God for it. Don't go looking into your favorite 
psychological book or whatever you got and, and see what you should do. I don't know who the top one when I was, when I was young was Ann Landers. Everyone that had a problem, they wrote to Ann Landers or one of those, or Dear Abby. Yeah, that was another one. And uh, they told them what they needed to do. But we look to the Word of God. There's wisdom there. For everything you could ever think of. And so that brings me to the word righteousness. The fact is that without Jesus, we may have a form of godliness based on man's wisdom. And that's just plain religion. That's all that is. Really doesn't work. Might give you a good feeling that you went to church today and you did your duty. And now you're okay the next Sunday. God expects more than that from me. The Bible refers to this as self-righteousness. Filthy rags, the Bible calls it. Isaiah 64, uh, 6 says, But we are all like unclean thing, an unclean thing. And all of our righteousness are like filthy rags. We all fade as a leaf, and our iniquity, like the wind, have taken us away. And you say, oh, that's awful. That's the people of the world. That's the people who don't know God. If you sin, if you say, I have no sin, you make God a liar. <laughs> I think that if we would all look in deep within us, we would have to say that we have a battle here on our hands between the, the, the flesh and the spirit. And too many times we let the old man, the old, the old life rise up and try to overcome the spiritual man. The context of this passage is referring specifically to the Israelites in, in Isaiah's time, way back in 760 and to 670 BC. They had strayed from God. They were God's people. God had chosen them. They had strayed from him. Isaiah was writing concerning his nation and their hypocrisy. They were going through the rituals, but their heart wasn't in the right place. They had turned their backs on God and began worshiping the idols, the false gods, the false religion of the people around them. Their falling away from God had rendered their righteous works totally unclean. Even though they still brought their animals for sacrifice, and paid their tithes to the temple, all of these things, like wind, their sins were sweeping them away. 
Martin Luther said, this is the Martin Luther, the reformer. He says, the most damnable and pernicious heresy that has ever plagued the mind of man is that somehow he can make himself good enough to deserve to live forever with an all-holy God. And I'm here to tell you today that not one of us can make ourselves good enough. It is the blood of Jesus Christ and nothing else that cleanses me from all sin. And the Bible says for us who are believers, if we sin, we have an advocate, Jesus Christ, the righteous one. He sits at the right hand of the Father right now, making intercession for us. And if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. This was written to Christians. Self-righteousness is condemned throughout the Bible. Ezekiel 33, 13. When I say to the righteous that he shall surely live, but he trusts in his own righteousness and commits iniquity, none of his righteous works shall be remembered. But because of the iniquity that he has committed, he shall die. Romans 3:27 Where is boasting then it is excluded by what law of works no by the law of faith Titus 3:5 not by works of righteousness which we have done but according to his mercy he saved us through the washing of regeneration and renewing of the holy spirit Ephesians 2, 8, 9. By grace you have been saved through faith. That not of yourself, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. We all come the same way. We all acknowledge that we are sinners and we need a Savior. And we accept what Jesus Christ has done as a full payment for all that I have done wrong, for every sin that I've committed. This, this flies in the face of human wisdom and teaches a person must work for their salvation. You've got to work out your salvation at some point but you don't have the work for your salvation. Well, that's another message. We'll go on. The fact is that we cannot do anything to save ourselves. Only believe. That's all. Believe that God has made all of the provision that is necessary. And we accept it. Our salvation comes only as a result of God's grace. So this makes no room whatsoever for boasting. But now that we have been made righteous by the blood of Jesus Christ, it is acceptable that we do good works. 
Is it acceptable that we do everything we can to be a part of extending the kingdom of heaven on this earth? That is why every one of us needs to be on top notch for God. With our sleeves rolled up, ready to do the work that's needed to be done. Some of that will be volunteering in the church. Some of that will be volunteering to the food bank. Some of that will be taking a young Christian under your wing and mentoring them and helping them to grow in faith. There is so many things that we can do that is considered to be good works that could never buy your salvation, but because you are a born-again believer, you do it because you love God and you appreciate what he has done for you. You're never going to buy what he has done for you. You're never going to pay for it, but you're doing out of love, a love relationship that you have for God. The Bible says, Ephesians 2.10, We are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works. For God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. God's intention is that our salvation will result in acts of service. Every one of us should be doing something to try and win one soul to Christ. Forget about trying to win the world for Christ. That will happen as everyone wins one. That is the, that is the key, and I know we say it so many times, and it's just, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's true. Just imagine if every one of us in this room right now Win just one soul for Christ. Some of you will, can do that this week. Some of you will take the rest of this year to just get one. But that's okay. If we all just won one, every seat in this place would be packed today. This place would be packed. Just from the congregation that's here today. We've got a congregation like this that, that's not here today. You see how important it is? We are saved to serve. We're blessed to be a blessing. Our righteous acts do not produce salvation, but are in fact evidence of our salvation. In reality, our righteous acts now come as a result of God within us. Don't come from our own self. Now, you know, it's 11.34. I give you a lot to chew on already. So I'm going to make another message, just going to put the title on the rest of my notes there and call it The Power of God. How does that sound? God loves us. He wants to do something in your life. 
We love you. Mark and I, we love you guys to pieces. What we have is a call of God upon our life that we have accepted. Mark is just starting out. I've been over 30 years in the ministry. I love it. I hate the day when I got to hang up my suit. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> I knew you'd get it sooner or later. But there's nothing like serving the Lord. You know, I think I'd be one of those people. If I, did, if I wasn't serving the Lord, I'd be one of those people. I'd get a setback and I'd be just a puddle. But with God in my corner, I can ask and receive. We can ask him whatever the petition we have we know that we have it because he hears us. The Bible says when you ask, he listens. And if he listens, he will answer. Amen? Praise the Lord. Ask him for wisdom. And walk in righteousness. That's right living with God. Righteousness, that's what that is. It's living right with God. Doing what you know you should be doing as a born-again believer. And don't fall for that thing. Everyone else is doing it so I can do it too. I don't care if you see the pastor doing something that is wrong. Don't say that it must be okay. You've got a Bible just like I've got. So if your, your, your favorite evangelist is going off on a tangent that is evidently not biblical, don't stand for it. You stand for righteousness. You say, as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. An old man one time told me, I was just starting in ministry, Pastor, you had a great sermon today, but you should have quit when you're finished. I just heard that little voice in my ear. You're finished. Lord bless you, folks. Have a great day in Jesus. You have been listening to a Cold Lake Community Church podcast. We hope that you've been blessed by this teaching from Cold Lake Community Church. Thank you for your continued support of this ministry. Cold Lake Community Church, a place where families connect.